welcome, welcome once again to the Something Isn't Right podcast. It's us again. What accent is that? I don't have a, it's not, it doesn't have name. It sounds like someone from like Transylvania. I was trying to sound like Bobby. Jamaica. I was trying to sound like Bobby from Jimmy Neutron. He's the only foreign exchange student. He says, I'm Bobby. Hi, Jimmy. That's all he says. Look him up. Swear my life he's a real character. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think that's what you sounded like. You sounded like a Transylvanian vampire from Jamaica. That's cool. Maybe I'm cultured. Maybe. I'm just a nice vampire from Transylvania that smokes weed. What does smoking weed have to do with being a vampire? I don't know. If he's from Jamaica, he probably had the enjoyment of smoking a little dubs on the beach. That's true, I guess. Not, I mean, well, at he, night, I'd imagine, yeah, but not during the day. Yeah, he's a vampire. He's on the beach. Because he'd be really smoking if you catch my drift. What would your vampire name be? What would the Jamaican vampire name be? I don't, that's a fucking hard-ass question for you to ask me. That's the hardest question I've received this week. Come on. Um, nothing comes to mind right <laughs> off the top of my head. Excuse me. It's got the black lung pop. All right. Well, welcome back, peeps. We've been doing good about being consistent every week. Yeah. So all of you little tiny marshmallow treats that listen to us, get what? it? Because you said peeps. Oh, ew. Peeps are disgusting. Not I, you. The, the candy. You guys are gross. All of us. All of you individually for different reasons. No, but peeps are fucking gross. I remember I left one of the... I never ate those and I then I left it them. in my Easter basket in the car and they fucking melted. They're so gross. It looked like nuclear war. Why? Because they were all like melted on top of each other. Deformed and fucking stuck together. (laughs) Poor peeps. Okay, so I think we're going to stick with the format of news, main story, and then scary stories at the end. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just dig into it because I know people hate on podcasts when people just randomly talk about things that don't matter yeah not that these this whole podcast even matters but it matters to us matters matters it depends on you perspective does it matter to you we hope so find out right now (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll start with this first story which is fucking terrifying where's this at this is in Kentucky. Mm. They got some good fried chicken out there, I heard. I love fried chicken. It's so funny. My brother like loves fried chicken. Every time I talk to him, he's like, I want to order some food. I'm like, what you going to get? He's like, probably some fried chicken. Tastes like chicken, mama. But they eat jo- he's Jollibee a lot. <laughs> you didn't even get my family reference to you. What did you say? I'm he sorry. Said, mama, it tastes like chicken. Oh, no. What did he say? My brother has a really southern accent. Out of all of us, he has the most southern accent. Like, sometimes mine will slip out, but it's not as bad as my brother's. When we were little, my dad used to barbecue a lot. And um, specifically would make, like, ribs all the time. And one time he got, like, these... I don't know the difference between ribs, but we used to get the really... I should, I'm sorry. Texas, forgive me. Um, They used to get, like, the ones with the really big boats, and there was, like, hella meat on it. And Beef one- ribs. Okay, beef ribs. And then one time we got, like, these smaller ribs 
they were like way smaller and they didn't have as much meat. Baby backs. Okay, thank you. I know ribs. <laughs> I was a fat kid. My brother. That's how you used to eat for every single. Ask my mom. She'll fucking tell you I'm not lying. Every birthday that we went, that's where I would go get ribs. What what place was it? Tony Roma's. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because one time we were walking downtown. and you I were, was like, like oh, me. fuck, there's a Tony Roma's. I'm going to get some baby bag. Binion's, like the grossest hotel downtown. And then the fat bastard just hopped out at me like in fucking Austin Powers. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby Um, But anyways, we were eating and my brother looks at my mom and he was like, this show was a skinny chicken, mama. (laughs) (laughs) He thought everything was a chicken when we were little. He speaks with a true southern draw. Okay. Thanks for listening, Darian. Man takes five-hour bus ride carrying suitcases stuffed with body parts, cops say. Hopefully it's not just one big suitcase full of dicks and boobs. This is from the New York Post. No, it was. it's actually... <laughs> you disagreed with me. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> That'd be a, hopefully, I mean, fuck the carry-on. That's a lot of dicks and boobs. It, okay, yeah, that's a... Why would... I don't know. There was like that fake story that came out a while back that that like mortician was like collecting penises. Remember? Yeah, kind of. I think it was fake. Hopefully. Dick collecting, as you will. Um, this says a Kentucky man was arrested after taking a five-hour bus ride. He's a greyhound to visit his parents in Illinois with suitcases stuffed with body parts of a woman believed to be his girlfriend. Police say it's crazy. He's like, I want you to meet my family. <laughs> No. Terrible. Terrible. All right, whatever. Continue. Melvin Martin Jr. recently hopped on a Greyhound bus in Louisville, Kentucky, the luggage, and headed downtown Chicago, the Chicago Sun-Times reported. Martin Jr.'s parents then took him and unwittingly the bags concealing the dismembered body to their home in Markham. I I mean, did they not smell? Mm. I, I don't know if it's a quick death. Smell. Well, if it's a quick, if they, like, let's say he killed them right before he hopped on the bus, you wouldn't smell anything for probably a a while. Until yeah, it's like, like you need decomp. Wouldn't it be? Uh, I don't know. Wouldn't the, it be what? I'm curious. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say like, wouldn't the heat? But I don't know what like. Yeah. The, I don't know what it's like. Over Hopefully there. the bus got AC because that's a long ass bus ride. Greyhound buses are scary. I like, bet. don't take a Greyhound, but do you remember that story a while yeah. back with that Asian guy ate that guy's head? Yeah, no, I remember exactly what you were saying. He, uh, and then the other one we talked about where it was he was sitting in the back holding it, right? Was there that the same, the same one? guy. Yeah, no, they, I remember They that. locked him in the Greyhound bus, and he was sitting in the back holding this guy's head. He, like, ate his tongue out of his head. It was, it was, it's horrific. Like, look it up later if you're curious, but... It's really sad, too, though, because that guy was, like, he was, like, in his early 20s. Like, he was, like, a young guy. It was just sad. And this crazy dude just, I think he, like, slit his throat when he was sleeping or something. And that's how he died. And then he started eating his head. That's creepy. Don't fall asleep on a Greyhound bus. Um, Just don't take them. There's way better. Just just don't. Teleport if you can. Just teleport, yeah. It's free. Yep. You might get some whiplash. Energy efficient. <laughs> I've heard um, that the speed you move, it could potentially make you vomit. So be careful. Don't eat a heavy lunch. That's even more crazy. Traveling with body parts, David Scott, who lives across the street, told CBS Chicago, you see stuff like this on TV. That's true, though. Like, when stuff like this hits home, like, it's, like, you. we can read stuff like this and go to sleep because it's not, like, 
it's not. It doesn't feel real almost because it's nowhere near us. It doesn't. Because we, yeah, we didn't receive it. I know what you're saying. Not the body parts, but like this, yeah, whatever. I know, yeah. Obviously not the body parts. So the kids soon grew suspicious because Martin never unpacked the heavy bags after several days and kept guarding. Okay, so it's been days. Yeah. So they should smell something, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there there were some early reports of a foul. Oh, there we go. There were some early reports of a foul odor coming from the bags. The family made the grisly discovery on Monday morning when Martin went out to the library. A human body part was discovered. They immediately backed away and called the police. That sucks. Imagine that happening to someone in your family. Is that his son? Yeah, and you have to call the cops on them. I'd just take him out to the pasture myself. No, you t- that's not how things work. Come on, we son. Let's take a walk. <laughs> Do process for a reason. I found some in your suitcase. Um, with the remains we have here, we have the advantage of dental records, and then, of course, their DNA, the cops said. Oh, this is gross. Of course, her upper torso remains in Kentucky, so the level of their forensics, I'm sure, mirrors ours. So I'm quite sure that there's going to be a positive identification about this victim. Authorities from the FBI, Markham, and Louisville are investigating. Martin was charged with a felony count of being a fugitive from justice. Additional charges are pending. Not for murder. No, he hasn't been charged for murder yet. Um, and they don't, the body hasn't been identified. Um, I had saw somewhere else that they were speculating that it was this other lady that's missing right now mm-hmm. from that area. So, I mean, either way, it's sad that this this happened, but it's just so he just, crazy. He's and, not in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, you're not just like, he just like, hey, switched your suitcase. No, you got body pots. But, like, what goes through someone's head to not only kill somebody, <clears throat> but you dismember their body, and then you're taken into your parents' house? Yeah, and what kind of pervert only takes her bottom half? <laughs> Ew. He's like, this is my girlfriend. He just shown a dismembered <laughs> vagina. It's fucking terrible. That's so dark. <laughs> this is my girlfriend. That's so dark. Do you see this, Dad? But... We'll keep you guys updated. Oh, wow. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> updated as this comes out. Um, speaking of updates, remember the girl that we talked about that cut her hand off? Yeah. I guess, Captain Hook. Yeah. I guess um, the kind of saw that she used to cut her hand off, it happens really fast. So it wasn't like a drawn out Oh, thing. it wasn't like I thought of us? No. Either, either of us. We were both wrong. It was like a, I guess it was a real easy, it's a real easy clean cut. It's probably a circular saw. It was. I'm a fucking detective. I should be the, the next Sherlock Holmes. Okay. So our next story, what would your name be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just I can't think of. Holmes. I can't fucking. That'd be funny. I am the Brown James Franco. I don't need any other Brown titles. <laughs> yeah. I already and hold the title. Everyone, I don't need to be multi. He didn't know. name himself that, just so you guys know. Like people legit call him Brown James Franco because he looks like James Franco. I'm Brown James Franco. Minus uh, the pedophilia. Yeah, and all the other weird shit he's accused of. And I don't have facial hair, so I don't have that pervy mustache that he has. Your facial hair is coming back. 
I know, but like, it looks it's good. not a mustache. Okay, so this next story is kind of good news. Um, and this comes from 101windsradio.com. MTA board to formally ban defecating in transit system in good. New York. Good. When you're in New York, you can't, oh, I can't take a shit in a fucking bus no more? Not anymore. <laughs> what kind of fucking bullshit is this, huh? <laughs> I just want to take my shit in the bus, huh? <laughs> Watch the fucking Knickerbockers game. The what? New York Knicks. That's oh. their full name. Okay. This says the MTA board will vote Wednesday to formally ban defecation <laughs> on They Sunday. have to hold a fucking vote. They're like, all right, guys. And someone's like, I want my right to poop in the bus. <laughs> fucking jackass. Why can't you guys just be unanimous? You don't need to hold a vote. Leave it to New York. This is like a San Fran all over again. Mm-hmm. While the act is already banned by rules that prohibit creating a nuisance, hazard, or what my screen just moved by itself, or unsanitary condition, including not limited to spitting or urinating, the board <laughs> will vote to specifically add defecating to its list of banned acts, according to New York Post. Guys, just keep it in your pants. Like, oh, why do you got to shit on the subway? It'd be fairly easy in hindsight to shit on a bus. It's a subway. Oh, it's a subway? I was just thinking, like, if you think about your body and your anatomy, if you were to just turn in the opposite way on a bus and just basically pull your pants down and lean your back against the front thing, it'd be really easy to poop there. You, no one would even be last seat in the bus. You could just take a poop in the back of that, and you, no one would even be able to tell. I guess. You see what I mean? If you put your wall against and your legs are up. Yeah. It's like how uh, Squatty Potty works. Yeah, I guess. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't shit in buses. People that are on buses don't want to smell your shit. They're probably already having enough. Enough shit to deal with without having to deal with. Yes, shit. Your literal shit. But yeah. So, um,. Riders face a $100 fine if they violate the rule. So that's an expensive poop, my friend. Yeah. Why don't you just wipe your ass with gold-plated toilet paper? <laughs> okay. I, I sprinkle diamonds on my food, man. If you're, so my dookie sparkle. <laughs> if you're eating, this isn't like the episode for you, and I apologize. It's about fucking murder half the time. I hope you just don't, you're just having... Hmm, this is crazy story. Oh, While eating would, fettuccine Alfredo. You'd be surprised. People watch murder shows and listen to murder podcasts while they're doing all kinds of things. Okay, this next one is just as gross. Police seized 345,000 used condoms that were cleaned and sold as new. Crazy. Police in Vietnam have confiscated an estimated... 345,000 used condoms, which had been cleaned and resold as news, as new state media reported. This is from CNN. Footage broadcast by state-owned Vietnam television this week showed dozens of large bags containing the used contraceptives scattered across the floor of a warehouse in the southern province of Bing Doing. Bing Doing. I probably said that wrong. Uh, police said the bags weighed more than 360 kilograms, 794 pounds, equivalent to 345,000 condoms. 
The owner of the warehouse. They're fucking over there. How do you clean the condoms? They probably just, it makes sense if they had like a little spigot, right? And then they just sprayed water in it and saw if there was any rips and then just packaged it back up. For that many, Jesus. They just have some dude, that's such a shitty job. You just got to clean jizz out of condoms. That's so gross. Like, I wonder if you can get diseases through that. Yeah. It's basically like giving thousands, 345,000 people hand jobs. Ew. A woman detained during the bus told police that prophylactics were used, were first boiled in water, then dried and reshaped on a wooden phallus before being repackaged and resold. They just had a wooden dick that they just reshaped them on. <laughs> They're like, hey, it's uh, the reshaping phase. Go grab the wooden cack. That's, boiled them in water? Like, I don't know. That would kill it, I mean. I guess it's still disgusting. VTV, Feel like they'd melt. That's what I'm saying. Or like, wouldn't it like maybe melt together? Melt or either like make it like not as strong. So I feel like it'd be easier to bust. Maybe. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> Sex joke. <laughs> um, VTV said it was not clear how many of the recycled condoms had already been sold. The detained woman said she received 17 cents for every kilogram of the recycled condoms she produced. Neither she nor the Strong. owner of the warehouse were available to comment. That's fucking gross. That's so nasty. Kilogram of condoms. That's like, you realize how many condoms that is? That's well over. Like, it's got to be at least for a kilogram. That's got to be at least a thousand. So you're getting 17 cents for putting condoms on a wooden dick. There has to be a, a thousand way. of them. There has <laughs> to be is, a better way to it's make funny. money. I just thought it was funny how you were inquisitive. Like I thought you meant originally. Like there has to be a better way to remake condoms. I was like, no, no. <laughs> there has to be a better way. We could <laughs> we could fucking solve this. I was like, okay. Let's put our brains together. All right, this is our last one before we get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Man dies from eating more than a bag of licorice a day. And this is from BBC, from diabetes? BBC News. Of course it's from BBC News. A construction worker in the U.S. state of Massachusetts was killed by his licorice habits, doctors say. <laughs> a man who has not been named but was 54 years old ate about one and a half bags of black licorice every day. Ew, black? Not even the regular licorice? That's... The, the worst kind. Might as well just drink Jägermeister. At least you'll get drunk off of it. Um, he had suffered no, no symptoms before suddenly going into cardiac arrest in a fast food restaurant. I mean, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. He obviously doesn't have the best like life habits. He's eating licorice and just fucking fast pounding food? a pack of... He's like, I just had a, a McDonald's. I'm going to eat a... a the whole bag of black licorice. That's my daily routine. I wonder um I wonder if it was maybe like a habit, like a why do I keep saying like um you know how people chew gum or chew like straws and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. I feel like licorice has a certain text like a waxy t texture. Maybe he was like 
chewing it throughout the day because it was more of a habit. Yeah, maybe he's just a big fat ass and he used the licorice, he'd bite the ends off and stick it in the end of a big gulp and drink that bitch down. I mean, that's... Because he sounded like he had diabetes. That's That can be it too, America. Um, where was I? Describing the man's case in the New England Journal of Medicine, his doctor said that... His doctor? That I... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> he said that New England Journal of Medicine, they talk like that. I know. His doctor? Um, acid and the licorice was to blame. We are told that this patient has a poor diet and eats a lot of candy. Could his illness be related to candy consumption? The doctor said. Um, he said studies had shown that, oh, it's a certain type of acid. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this because it has a bunch of R's and Z's in it. Yes. <laughs> but this type of acid, this type of acid, has an active ingredient in the licorice that can cause hypertension, uh, metabolic alkalosis, fatal re renal failure. Renal failure. What's renal failure? Uh, your adrenal glands. Okay. Um, all of which were seen in this patient. So I guess it probably wouldn't affect you if you have like your occasional licorice, but downing like a bag and a half a day. It has to do with black licorice. It's not just regular licorice. It's probably the fact that the regular licorice, that sucks too. But if they're saying it's acid, it's definitely because it's black licorice. That sucks. Black licorice has acid. Um, oh, where was I? The patient had also recently changed the type of sweets he was eating. A few weeks before his death, he switched from the red fruit flavor twist to the another type made with black licorice. So you're probably you're right. Um, Fucking detective. <clears throat> he wrote further investigation revealed a recent change to a licorice containing candy as the likely cause of his death. See, he started out eating fucking sweet tarts ropes or some shit like that. And then yeah. he just fucked around. He's like, I'll try this black. Oh, it's not that bad. It's the flavor of the month. It's the last month. Ugh. All right. So that was all the weird news from this week that I found. So I guess it's safe to ride the subway in New York. Well, safe from feces. Soon. As soon as they vote yes. Uh, I think I'd rather ride the subway than a greyhound. That's what I take away from these stories. Yeah, but then you can get shot by a clown on the subway. Who got shot by a clown? That was the main premise of the most recent Joker movie. Oh, yeah. That scene was intense. You get what you fucking deserve! <laughs> I fucking... <laughs> I saw... Uh, side note. I saw this uh, TikTok, and this girl, she, like, did her makeup. She wore... The suit just like him, and she's, like, walking around New York. It was actually a really cool video. Like, she pulled it off. Like, most girls, when they do, like, a Joker, they do, like, a slutty Joker or whatever. Yeah. But she, like, legit looked... She looked really good. It was cool. Um. Anyways, what do you know about Edgar Allan Poe? A lot. He's actually... When I was little, for some reason, I actually liked his shit. I liked his stuff, too, but I feel like... I, I did like his stuff. But also, it was part of my aesthetic when I was little. 
I would wear like my Emily the Strange t-shirt with my Converse and walk around with my Edgar Allan Poe book. Smoke cigarettes? No, I would never smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what they make the goth kids do on South Park. They no. That's how they dance. They go. I wasn't goth. I was like an emo. I was. I went through my emo phase until high school. And I started wearing like Abercrombie. I sold out. But I'm back. Like LFO. Huh? You just listened to LFO one time and you were like, I'm down. LFO, who's that? I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Take if I had one wish. Because we'll be gone <laughs> since that summer. Since that summer. New kids. You don't remember that shit? Yes, son. My memory is toy. <laughs> my memory's toy. Remember that. Flashback with me. That's funny. Sorry, I'm drinking coffee. I need it. I have, I've had a day. She's drinking lean. I've had a... No, I'm not <laughs> drinking lean. Just uh, uh, slower sometimes. Oh, uh, okay. I'm not drinking lean because we would be sitting here forever. I just fall asleep on my computer. If we drank lean while we did our podcast, I would definitely chop and screw the bitch. I know you I would. I would have to. That's like a necessity. Well, I guess there's this theory that Edgar Allan Poe is potentially a time traveler or a prophet of some kind. And the evidence that I found, which there wasn't a lot, I used two websites mainly, mentalfloss.com and unworthy.com. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting. I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it, but it will make for an interesting conversation, so... Let's get into it. Let's dive in. So the first and probably the most, well, to me, maybe the most compelling thing that kind of feeds this theory is his only novel that he ever wrote, which was the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Um, it was published in 1838. Partway through this novel. Good year. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm just oh, adding creative. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being trying to colorful common. Good year, 1838. It sounds like some like a wine connoisseur. Like, <laughs> that's, I'm not a weird. I'm not a glass sniffer. Don't they sniff yeah, wine? They like squish it, and they even like do this thing in their mouth like, to yeah. taste it or whatever. That's just interesting. I mean, cool that there's like a process, but I could not put alcohol in my mouth and swish it around. I'm Me just either. a bitch. Not anymore. Never could I ever, so. Um, okay, so partway through this novel, the crew on the ship finds themselves with a busted boat with no water or food. In order to survive, the crew draws straws uh, to decide who will basically be sacrificed so the other ones can live. Okay. Um, the shortest straw goes to the youngest member, whose name is Richard Parker. He, in the book, is stabbed to death. And his head and his his head, hands, feet, and his entrails are thrown off the boat. Okay. This keeps the remaining members alive a little bit longer, but the two remaining barely make it. So there, there's four. So I'm guessing in the actual novel that an, that another one dies off. Mm -hmm. um, last night I read this chapter. I didn't read the whole novel because I'm not that interested in reading this book, and I don't get paid to do this. So <laughs> sorry. Um, but it was pretty intense. That, all his books are super intense. 
but the I'm Raven, saying, like, phenomenal. This, this chapter specifically because it goes into like them actually eating him mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so it keeps them alive and they barely make it they're like on the brink of death before they're finally rescued (laughs) like the little feral girls from mama yeah so i didn't i mean we're not going to read you the whole chapter but this paragraph from the book kind of captures like the suspenseful part so christian you can read this part for me because i feel like you have a more creative voice Creative voices. <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know. Do we have to say spoiler alert? This is from like the 1800s. It's not a movie. <laughs> it's, you don't you, have to say that about books. If you want to read the book, it's online. Um, I can put the link in the show notes. It's, I mean, at least to read this chapter, this is, it's a, it's pretty interesting, but okay. Go it's ahead. on the interwebs. Okay. I'm just going to put the music over it. Because okay. that'll sound better like that. At length, delay was no longer possible. And with a heart almost bursting from my bosom, I advanced to the region of the forecastle where my companions were awaiting me. I held out my hand with splinters and Peters immediately drew. Okay, so splinters, it wasn't straws. I was like, these motherfuckers. I know in the future they did straws, but like, I was like, where did they get straws? I was really perplexed. I was like, where the fuck did they... Out of everything. They they didn't have food, but they had fucking straws. Whatever. He was free. His, at least, was not the shortest. And there was another chance against my escape. Or there was now another chance against my escape. I summoned up all my strength and passed the lots to Augustus. He also drew immediately. And he was also free. And now whether I should live or die. The chances were no more than precisely even. It's (laughs) 50-50. At this moment, all the fierceness of the tiger possessed my bosom. He really likes whatever. And I felt toward my power, and I felt toward my poor fellow creature, Parker, the most intense, the most diabolical hatred. But, the feeling did not last, and at length, with a convulsive shudder and closed eyes, I held out the two remaining splinters towards him. It was fully five minutes before he could summon resolution to draw, during which period of heart during which period of heart trending suspense, I never once opened my eyes presently. One of the two lots was quickly drawn from my hand. The decision was then over. Yet, I knew not whether it was me or against me. No one spoke, and I still dared not satisfy myself by looking at the splinter I held. Peters at length took me by the hand, and I forced myself to look up, when I immediately saw by the countenance of Peter that I was safe. And that he was it who had been doomed to suffer. Gasping for breath, I fell senseless to the deck. I'm going to edit the fuck out of that. Jesus, fuck, that's hard to read. I know I I threw that at you. He writes really like... Yeah, I know. I realized I was in for... I realized I was in for a doozy, (laughs) but I didn't know it was that much of a doozy. 
So if you don't want to go and read what happens, I'm going to tell you what happens afterwards. So basically, this guy passes out because he's so relieved that he didn't get the shorter splinter. Yeah. So he doesn't witness them kill Parker. But what happens basically is they, like, stab him in the back and he dies. And then they cut off his head, his hands, his feet, and they gut him and throw his entrails off. You can, like, fuck yourself up by eating humans, right? And I would think so. And they drink his blood because it's fresh. Because they obviously they couldn't, like, drink the water. So. Again, gross. And if you read the chapter, because I only read this one chapter, um, but this the whoever's narrating or telling the story, like, he's a piece of shit. Like, he tries to, like, before, like, he's already building up hatred towards this little boy. Yeah. And um, he can't, like, bring himself to kill him mm-hmm. until this happens. And then one of the other guys, like, kills him. So. Really? It, it just kind of pisses you off the way he talks about him. Like, it's it's really creepy. But also, I mean, of course, it's super dark. It's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Time traveler. So this is where things get weird. In 1884, a yacht named, how would you say that? Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the Mignois. Mignois left England and started its journey to Sydney. It was said that this yacht wasn't made for trips like this, so it wasn't like a huge surprise when the storm came and sank the ship. The four men barely escaped in a lifeboat. So, just like in the novel, they... Oh, I didn't even say this. In the novel, they, like, survive a little bit longer because they catch a turtle and then, like, take its shell off and eat it. Okay. But, I mean, that's between four men. The The little boy's 17 years old, so he's basically, like, a man. A decent-sized person. Mm-hmm. So, in... They just real, find a turtle. Poor turtle. I know. Poor it's turtle. It's probably the motherfucker from Finding Nemo. Oh, no. Hey, man. So you get it for being stoned and right on the East Atlantic current. <laughs> Where was I? Okay, so yeah, they they in the novel they catch they caught a turtle, and then in real life they also caught a turtle to eat it. Um, but also like in the book, it didn't go a long way. Okay. So a seventeen-year-old named Richard Parker, the same name. This is this is how many years later? This is forty. Okay, forty years later. The same name of a 17-year-old is here. So he actually, in real life, he fell overboard and he actually, like, drank some of the water. So he made the mistake of drinking seawater. Yeah. So Bane he talks was, about that. He was already, like, in pretty bad shape, I guess. Like, he was dying. It was pretty much all downhill from there. The other men on the boat made the decision to kill him to increase their chances of surviving. It's reported that they actually consider drawing straws or splinters, but collectively they decided Richard was already too far gone, so they might as well kill him. Drink his blood. They're really the Jamaican vampires. Yeah. Yeah, they drink his blood. What I had read is they decided to do it because they didn't want him to get worse and the blood to get tainted because he was getting sicker so they wanted to drink his blood right then and there while he was still hanging on which is terrible they stabbed him with a pen knife which i don't know what that is Is i think it's just a knife with a a, like a circle in the center so stuff can pass through oh that's even worse so So it's almost like a straw they put in 
They like boba. They stabbed him with a sharp straw. They boba teed him. Yeah, like this. <laughs> the three men then ate him. Only a few days later, they were rescued. For obvious reasons, this case became like really famous in England. Yeah. Uh, the three men did go to trial for the crime. Two were originally sentenced to death, but this was later reduced to just six months in prison. So, I mean, I'm kind of torn on that because they did kill this kid in a really gruesome way and obviously, you know, ate him. But it's not like they would do that, I don't feel like, in regular circumstances. It was a life or death thing. Yeah. They couldn't just fucking find another turtle. Yeah, exactly. And it was only a few days later that they got rescued, so they couldn't hang on for like a few more days. If they have water, I think that the human body can survive almost like 30 days without food. Assuming that you're a big, great, fat person. But they didn't have water. They didn't have any. They're like on a lifeboat. Yeah, that's what then. Yeah, then you'll die quick. They um, need to come out with some way you can just like keep on you and abandon ships where it turns salt water into regular water. Yeah. I mean, they probably do, but this was so long ago. Yeah, they were using magnifying glasses to start fires and shit. That's just such an ugly way to die, because obviously this this kid probably knew he was going to die. I mean, I feel in the book it was worse, because he knew he was going to die. That's why he took five minutes to, to take the splinter. Yeah. And then immediately Peters, or whatever the fuck his name is, stabbed him in the back. Yeah. And he died. And then on top of the fact that they hit him like a fucking, like a real life Capri Sun. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> they, <laughs> a pen knife. Was a they were just like, Capri Sun. And then, <laughs> I could not. I don't know. I think I'd rather die than drink somebody's blood. But I don't know. I've never, hopefully, never get put in a situation where I have to make that decision. You know what they should have done in hindsight? He was already dying. They should have just cut him a little bit, right? Hear me out. Gave him a little cut and just dragged him behind the boat. And then the sharks came. And they should have just fucking speared a shark and ate the shark instead. Because he's already dead, most likely. Just use him as bait. Where and they wouldn't kill him. Where they get a spear from? I, I don't know. I'd imagine they have a spear on the ship. It's a lifeboat. They don't have shit on there. Yeah, have that's you seen true. Titanic? No. Yes, you have. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. I don't... How could you live with yourself after eating somebody? I mean, especially a kid. Especially, yeah. Especially a kid with two, with two first names. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So the next one is the businessman. So in 1848, a railroad worker named Phoenix Gage suffered a traumatic brain injury after taking an iron spike through the skull. Somehow he survived through his personality, though his personality would change. <laughs> through his personality, you know, he just he persevered. He just survived. He was a survivor. He's a very positive person. He was like, I got this spear through my head, but it's going to be okay. And through perseverance, he went and lived <laughs> on. My bad. Though his person fuck, though his personality would change drastically, these behavioral changes were closely studied, allowing the medical community to develop the first understanding 
of the role played by the frontal lobe on social cognition. Except for Poe, who understood the profound personality changes caused by the frontal lobe syndrome nearly a decade earlier. He knew. Like, that's crazy. In 1840, he penned a characteristically gruesome story called The Businessman about an unnamed narrator who suffers a traumatic head injury as a young boy leading to a life of obsessive regularity and violent sociopathic outbursts. They found out that that's true. That's why people with concussions have those tendencies for violent outbursts and shit like that. Yeah, like... CTE. Aaron uh, Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Um, Junior uh, Seau. He killed himself. Um, Richard Ramirez. They said that happened to him too. He had like a dresser following him when he was little. The front of his lobes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yep. The front of his lobes. Poe's grasp of the frontal lobe syndrome is so precise that neurologist Eric Altshuler wrote, there's a dozen symptoms and he knows every single one. There's everything in the story. We've hardly learned anything more. He knew everything. He, who to reiterate, is a medically licensed neurologist and not all a, not at all a crackpot. <laughs> Whatever that is. It's not a pot from crack. <clears throat> Went on <clears throat> to say, it's so exact that it's just weird. It's like he had a time machine. He's just omnipotent. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. He just, one of those people, he sees everything. <laughs> that was a creepy noise. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that is, that, sorry, I'm trying not to customize. That is so weird, like, how he was so on the nose with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And this was a decade before they started studying it. Precision, my dear Watson. What is that from? Nothing. It was a mashup of me saying precision and English accent and Sherlock Holmes talking to Watson. Oh. Okay. This next one is, this one's really weird too. So, pro, pro, bruh. Poe predicted that the origins of the universe, what? Poe predicted the origins of the universe 80 years before modern science would begin to formulate the Big Bang Theory. An amateur stargazer with no formal training in cosmology could not accurately describe the machinery of the universe, rejecting widely held inaccuracies while solving a theoretical paradox that had bewildered astronomers since Kepler. Except that's exactly what he did. The essay, which is called Eureka, or sometimes um, an... It's just called an essay on the material and spiritual universe. It describes in no short order how the universe works and the nature of time and space. So advanced were the theories in this document that he is now being compared to Einstein and other famous scientists. Crazy. Time traveling (laughs) Poe. The prophetic vision came in a form of Eureka, a 150-page prose poem critically panned for its complexity and regarded by many as the work of a madman. (laughs) 
But a madman. Isn't like anybody who was like they were all considered madmen. Like anybody who talked about any of these things. Yeah, just because of how close everyone was with religion back then against science. Yeah, that's true. Now there's just complete separation. Everyone just believes in science and that's all they they're just evil people. Whatever. Continue. <laughs> um written in the final year of Poe's life. Eureka describes an expanding universe that began in one instantaneous flash, derived from a single primordial particle. What I have... Am I boring you? <clears throat> what, no. what I have propounded will, in good time, revolutionize the world of physical and metaphysical science, he wrote to a friend in 1848. I say this calmly, but I say it. So he knew... Yeah. It's not like he was just making this shit up. Yeah, he knew. Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> Poe goes on to put forth the first legitimate solution to Obler's paradox. The question of why. Given the vast number of stars in the universe, the night sky is dark. By explaining that light from the expanding universe had not yet reached our solar system. When Edward Robert Harrison published... Darkness at Night in 1987, he credited Eureka as having anticipated his findings. Interesting. In an interview with Nautilus, an Italian astronomer, Alberto Capi speaks of Poe's prescience, admitting, it's surprising that Poe arrived at his dynamically evolving universe because there was no observational or theoretical evidence suggesting a possibility. No astronomer in Poe's day could imagine a non-static universe. Dun, dun, dun. This quote was taken from a letter that Poe wrote to James Russell Lowell in 1844, in which he apologizes for his absence and slothfulness. So you can read that for me. Okay. In Poe's voice. I don't know how he sounds. How do you think he sounds? Kind of like Bane. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I can't do this whole thing. <laughs> the Batman. <laughs> I live continually in reverie of the future. I have no faith in human perfectibility. I think that human exertion will have no appreciable effect upon humanity. Man is now only more active, not more happy, nor more wise than he was 6,000 years ago. The result will never vary. And to suppose that it will is to suppose that the foregone man has lived in vain. That the foregone time is but the rudiment of the future. That the myriads who have perished have not been upon equal footing with ourselves. Nor are we with our posterity. I cannot agree to lose sight of a man, the individual, in the man, the mass. You speak of an estimate of my life. And from what I've already said, you will see that I have none to give. I have been too deeply conscious of the mutability and evanescence of temporal things to give any continuous effort to anything, to be consistent in anything. My life has been whim, impulse, passion, a longing for solitude, a scorn of all things present, and an earnest desire for the future. That's so dark. Yeah, that's fucking hard to read, too. I'm sorry. 
I just feel like he's one of those, you know how people say, like, the more intelligent you, you become, like, the, the more intelligent you become, the more cynical you become. Or, yeah. Like, because you see the world differently or, like, for what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he was a time traveler or maybe he can, like, see, like, maybe he got, like, visions yeah. of this stuff. I don't know. But it is, it is, like, a weird, creepy coincidence. I mean, it's not even a coincidence. Like, he was on the, it's not like he predicted these things and, like, half-truths. They were, like, on the nose. Well, ancient astronaut theorists believe ancient aliens. Oh. I don't have anything to say. They always lead on a segue like that, though. Especially with the with the novel and how it was the, the same name mm -hmm. of the kid that died, and they were both seventeen. It's weird. Both had three men. Coincidence. Just so eerie. It makes you kind of think of the bigger picture of things. Like, if is this the only case of people being able to do this, or you know, is someone currently doing these things? He's just sitting on a chair and he's just channeling fucking future events like uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> Ew, don't do your eyes like that. Stop it. <laughs> he's like, how many did we win? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I held up a single finger. <laughs> what do you think? I think he is a time traveler. What the fuck? I don't even care anymore. I, I believe in a bunch of crazy shit anyways. I think a lot of people do nowadays with the year that we've had and everything that's coming to light. Yeah. What do you... Go ahead. I don't think this is like the weirdest thing that we've talked about. Yeah. That's not true. I, I mean, that's true. <laughs> You're like, yeah. So what do you true. say to somebody you hate? Um... But yeah, so that's that's what I got for that. I mean, that's the history of Edgar Allan Poe, the time traveler. There's a few uh, Reddit like rabbit holes you can go down if this interests you, and people like kind of put their theories on there and stuff. I was reading them a little bit yesterday, um, but this is like the three main ones that people talk about mm -hmm. that can link him to like things in the future. He was definitely interesting, very creepy, probably like the very first emo person. <laughs> He's one of those. The dark arts. Um, He's in Slytherin for sure. Do you have any stories? Yeah. I just need to pull them up, so give me a second. So this one's called Almost Kidnapped. I just said that, but I wasn't recording. <sighs> So this is how they preface the story. So looking into my past, I've realized I've had a few stories that could fit into this subreddit. This is one thinking about a lot on how my life could have changed in a split second decision so easily. At the time I was quite young, maybe around six or seven years old. I still remember it so perfectly. I was in central London for the day with my family and I was getting to the evening so we had begun heading home we don't live too far away from central london so we just got going to the taxi to the nearest train station and then we would head back from there being so young and inexperienced with the world and plain stupid 
When we got out of the taxi at the train station, I thought it was a custom to wave goodbye to the taxi drivers as they drove off. Yeah, stupid. So after I'd finished waving goodbye to the complete stranger of a taxi driver, I turned around and saw my family was completely gone, vanished out of thin air. I was so young I had no idea what had just happened. Then they were just suddenly weren't anywhere to be seen. And I was a very short kid. Everyone around me was like giants at this age. It was terrifying. At that moment, everything I'd learned about stranger danger completely went out the window and no longer mattified. No longer mattified. No longer mattered. I was terrified. So I remember choosing to sit in the middle of the pavement and do the only thing I knew how to do. Cry. Same. Hoping my parents would soon find me. Are you okay? I looked up to the side and saw a man who sat on a bench next to me, but sat in a way where his bum was on the backrest bit and his feet were on the seat, making him completely tower over me. I remember the image of him so clearly. I've lost my family, I said. Let me help you find them, he said. I can't remember the exact conversation very well except for the next thing he said. I think I saw them go this way. Follow me. That line has stuck with me ever since. He stood up and took my hand and started leading me down the road, completely oblivious and just glad that I had an adult with me now, I calmly went with him. Just as he was about to lead me around the corner of a building, I heard a voice call my name. My brother, only being two years older than me at the time, had come running out of the train station and seen me just before I was going to completely disappear out of sight around another road in London. A few seconds later, running outside, and there's no way he would have seen me. My parents followed and quickly ran out too, grabbing me away from the man, making sure I was okay. I don't remember what happened to the man after that. Part of my memory says he quickly ran away after my family got me. Another part tells me that he stayed and explained to my parents his course of events. None of us really remember. I'm just so lucky that I didn't go around the corner with him. I always think how different my life could have been if I did. Thinking about it, the station entrance was only a few meters from where I sat down to cry. It wasn't that busy. The man must have seen my family go to the station. But that's one thing I'll luckily never know the answer to. Poor kid. Just sitting down crying. That's sad. But it it literally can happen in like a split second. Yeah. That a kid can get taken. Yeah. How did his family just disappear without notice? They like home alone to him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. It's a home alone right callback. <laughs> That's what his mom does when she realizes he's, she's not there. How do you? I don't understand. I mean, I'm not a, a parent, so I'll, I don't know. Maybe. You can realize you don't like those parents that are like, I forgot they were in the back seat when they leave their kids in the car. Yeah, but think about it. If we brought Loki with us everywhere, the motherfucker would just be running on getting lost. And Loki's a dog. I feel like there's a lot of similarities. No. From little children's curiosities to puppy curiosities. Yeah. I mean, but it's not the same responsibility at all. Like. I love that people try and be inclusive, like, when they're, like, oh, it's, like, when people ask me about having kids because I'm close to 30, and uh, I'm, like, no, I don't have any kids, and I'm, like, I'm just a fair mom, and they're, like, oh, well, that's similar, and I'm, like, it's really not. 
I can, if I get annoyed with my dog, I can put it in a cage. Yeah. You can't do Just that. Just lock them up. We'll lock our children up in a, in a cage. It's way different. Not to offend anybody, but it is. That's true. You want me to read the second one? Yes. Okay. Last one, and then we'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap that shit up. This one's kind of interesting long. Okay. I don't know why they titled it like this, but attempted break-in whilst I was home alone. Oh, I don't know if I want to read this one. That's like my worst fear. Go ahead. So I've had quite a few bad experiences with strange people in my house from when I was young and an old man would come banging on our door late at night demanding to see me, causing me to have a, have to hide in the bathroom in the house and not allowed to be in my garden alone for years. What? Why wouldn't they just fucking kick his ass? Kick his ass, sea bass. <laughs> just take him outside. Brother, help. Oh, come I, on. I feel like that's enough to get your ass kicked if you're coming... If I was a mom, you're coming to my house, banging on my door, trying to see my kid. Yeah. I'm not going to kick your ass because I'm a woman. I'm not stupid. But someone's going to kick your ass. But she's going to come get me. <laughs> and I'm going to beat the brakes off your ass. I'm going to be right around with no brakes. Where was I? <laughs> or. Uh, okay. So, or when a man came knocking on our door late at night with a knife because he mistook my house as one of our neighbors. That's cool. He's just trying to kill your neighbors. You just want to... These experience all cause me to be very cautious about opening the front door to anyone or even being in the house alone, especially at night. But one evening was definitely the worst. It was around 6 p.m. in November 2018, two years ago. I'm from England, meaning that it was already pitch black outside at this time of year. I had just got home from work and I was sat in my room upstairs just watching YouTube on my laptop. Me mom shouted out to me that she had gone, she was going to pick up my brother from work and she'd be stopping off at the petrol station on the way back so she could go be gone for a little bit. And I asked if I wanted to come. I said no and I carried on with my video. Okay. I heard her close the front door and pull out of the driveway. I was 17 at the time, so being home alone at night was nothing new to me, and I was used to the eerie feeling of it. But after around 10 minutes, I started hearing noises coming from downstairs. At first, I thought of it and just related it to my cat noisily searching for food in an empty bowl until I remembered him sitting at the end of my bed. I paused my video and listened more at the sound of the banging on the back door. This instantly creeped me out until it was followed by the sound of keys jangling and I just thought, oh, my mom must have just dropped my brother off before going to the petrol station and he's just trying to go inside. So I let the noise continue as I kept watching my video. He can get quite angry sometimes so the loud banging was nothing out of the ordinary but it just kept carrying on banging and the sound of keys jangling, then dropping it, then banging again. What the hell? Jesus. What kind of frustration does your brother have? He just can't open your fucking door? You didn't think this was weird? Hey, he can't just go help him out yeah, so he doesn't he just, come uh, frustrated? Yeah, he just hasn't, hasn't having a shitty day, and you're just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just watch my YouTube video. <laughs> then the fear really hit me. I don't think it's him. 
I walked out of my room slowly and sat on the stairs, listening carefully to the noise. It definitely wasn't him. I am a very anxious person and everyone gets those times late at night when they hear noises and immediately think the worst. This was just one of those times I told myself. So I decided to bite the bullet and just walk straight into the kitchen and face whatever it was causing the noise. Our kitchen has a door straight out to the garden. But as I turned the corner into the kitchen, I heard a loud banging and a clatter of footsteps run away. Oh, that's like my worst fucking fear. The catnip had been ripped off the door and there was plastic from it everywhere. Cat flap had been ripped off the door and there was plastic from it everywhere. (laughs) I fear I still tried to console myself into thinking that there'd be anything other than people breaking in. I sat back on the stairs and called my mom just to go check that it was my brother home early and just in a bad mood. But then he answered my mom's phone was still in the car. Oh, Oh, that's so creepy. Are you home? I shouted at him. No. Then my voice started to break with terror. Please be serious. Are you home right now? No. What do you want? Even though he said he he wasn't, I still begged in my mind that he was joking just to get a scare out of me. But he heard how scared I was and began to worry. I explained to him what happened and he started to scream at me to call the police. He's never been the protective type, so I knew and I could tell now that he was really worried and told my mom to rush back home straight away. Well, I guess in Britain they dial 999. So whilst whilst dialing 999, I tried so hard to stay calm. I told them exactly what was happening and I hid back in my room with the door tightly locked. Then I heard talking and banging of doors again downstairs. They were back. I burst into tears to the dispatcher out of pure fear and sat the phone for what felt like forever until my mom, brother, and police all pulled up at the same time. Everyone charged to the house, to the back door, and we instantly saw what they'd done. The people, the people saw the keys on the back door on the side in the kitchen, took a broom from outside, broke it in half on the door handle, got the broom through the car, uh, through the cat flap, knocked the keys out of the side and pulled them through the cat flap. Although, out of pure luck, as they broke the broom in half, it also managed to snap off the door handle, making it impossible for them to open the door from the outside. Otherwise, Otherwise, they would have got in no questions asked, and I would have been sat quietly in my room completely oblivious. I was clear afterwards that they had been watching the house for a while, waiting until the exact moment they saw my mom's car pull out of the driveway. I'm not sure if they knew I was alone or not, but I know that they, after they initially saw me and ran away, they made the choice to come back. So, dickheads who don't know to open doors properly, it says, let's not meet. No, open doors? What are you, the fucking aliens from Scary Movie 3 looking ass? From signs. Yeah. They can't open doors. Going like this. There's like so many podcasts that are dedicated to let's not meet Reddit's. Yeah. It was a good one. I liked that it. That was good. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far. I think they did. I think they did. Um, as always, you can email us any listener stories, suggestions, requests at info at something isn't right podcast dot com. All of our social media is under something isn't right podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
um, just give us a shout if you have any cool stories. We'll be doing more um, Halloween-related things as we get into October. Um, anything else? That's it. That's it. Wrap it up. Yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> You're not going to say thank you? I said thank you. I said thank you, I said thank you if you. if you're still listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>